Welcome back to episode six of Hedging Happiness. Today we have a big episode ahead. Our first guest of season two, all of you might know him. He's a recurring guest, Mike Beasler. He's on to join us to talk some football, to talk life. We've got a recap of week five, our week six, week six picks as always, and the snake draft of things you enjoy or things that get better the older you get. And without further ado, we've got Mike Beasler joining us. Welcome to the pod, Mike. Thanks, guys. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you as always. It's I, Luke and I have been kind of freestyling some of our football terminology. You know, we, we last week we were talking about schemes and, you know, scheme for the podcast, and now we... We feel a little bit more confident actually having a proper football mind on the pod to kind of help weave our way back into kind of what this college football landscape is looking like. But, you know, I want to, before we get into all that, we just want to, you know, check in with you, Mike. How, how have things been since the last time we've talked to you? Yeah, man, things things are going well. So life life's going well. Uh just busy as always, just like everyone else. Uh, work's keeping me busy. Life's keeping me busy. Uh, my wife and I just welcomed our third son about four months ago, Jack Oliver, to the uh, to the Beasler crew. So we're too short of a starting offensive line. Um, so yeah, that's that's going well. Uh, hanging in there the best we can. Um, trying to corral three three little ones, uh, three boys nonetheless. Um, you know, definitely not watching as much football as as I as I used to in my you know a few years ago but trying to sneak away as as best I can so yeah well congratulations to you Lane and family we I've got some questions for you maybe as we get into the pod a little bit before we kind of break into all that let's recap week five get turn the page on week five and then we'll we'll dive into week six we'll dive into some questions with mike and kind of how the rest of the year might play out and just some general questions for mike so with week five luke there were a lot of big sec games you're the sec guy on this podcast let's break down a couple of these games hey hey hey, fellas before we jump into the sec can i can i butt in for a second Sure, I, I know it's going to come here, but feel free. Cat's got his tongue. Sorry, sorry, I just had to get my rock chalk love in before we talk about the SEC. It just means more, right? I think I think we only caught the end piece of that rock chalk. <laughs> oh, did you not hear that music? No, but I, I heard a little you bit. know what, at the end, we, we know what was being played. We're having a little bit of uh, connectivity issues today, <laughs> so if if the pod seems a little bit off script or off the rails, it's due to technical issues, But so bear with us, we'll do our best as we, <laughs> technology these days, right? You, you love it and you hate it. Mike, we will, we will touch on the Jayhawks, though, um, in a little bit, for sure, but, you know, I'm silly from me not to to talk about sec and not about the kansas jayhawks yep on the same level these days that's okay (laughs) close i always like having mike on because i feel like i can just 
say a little bit more of whatever I want, and he brings validity to the <laughs> podcast. I can start talking scheme, and you know, if Mike doesn't necessarily agree or doesn't say something, it just it's like uh, what is it? He's he's approving through silence sometimes. Sometimes silence um, speaks louder than words, Luke. That's right. That's I don't know if I like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll start with the recap of the SEC. First was Kentucky at Ole Miss. And I think this was a Kentucky team that was getting a lot of press. I think they were number six against an Ole Miss team that really wasn't, even though both teams were undefeated. I think when Matt Corral left Ole Miss, everyone kind of you know brushed them off and said, you know, rebuilding year. Um, Lane Kiffin, you know, is always complaining about recruiting and NIL. Uh, but he actually does a pretty good job of bringing in, in the transfer portal. Brought in some pretty stellar, a pretty stellar running back, and the game was actually, I mean, it was low scoring, nineteen to twenty-two in the end. But I think the, the headline for me, I think everyone knew Kentucky was going to lose eventually, a, a couple game, drop a couple games. The number six ranking was too high, but or number seven. But the headline for me was kind of that Will Levis was underwhelming and. This is someone that some people tout as the number one overall pick, certainly the number one quarterback in next year's draft. And he just, you know, in a, in a moment where he had to lead his team down the field and win it for him, he didn't. And apart from that, didn't have a great game. But now I feel like everyone is very down on this Kentucky team. They play South Carolina at home and are only, are only 10 and a half point favorites, I think, it's a team that I'm going to follow very closely. Um, on the flip side, you have Ole Miss that is now 5-0, and 1-0 in the SEC, and is quietly putting together a, a season that could you know make a run at the SEC West potentially, depending on, on which Bama they get when they play them. So it was, it was overall a very interesting game. Yeah, and we'll bring we'll tap Mike in early here because I remember last year he was very high on Will Levis as a quarterback. He was high on Kentucky. What Mike? What are you seeing from Levis and like what's his potential in the NFL? What are, like do you think he'll still be one of the top quarterbacks off the draft or you know because it definitely seems like he doesn't have the buzz as much as he maybe did last year. Yeah, so. <clears throat> I was pretty high on him last year, and still am fairly high on him. But to Luke's point, he didn't play poorly uh, against Ole Miss, but he was just underwhelming. <clears throat> and when you go on the road in the SEC against a you know potentially top ten team throughout the year in Ole Miss, you have to play exceptionally to win. And he didn't do that. And so I think the <clears throat> one of my one of my picks I like this week is is Kentucky minus ten and a half because I still am fairly high on Kentucky. It's hard to win on the on the road in the SEC. Um, he didn't play again. He didn't play poorly. He just didn't play exceptionally, and you have to do that on the road to win. As far as where I see him playing out in the draft, I do think he's going to be one of the top two or three quarterbacks off the board. However, I think it's a very down quarterback class this year. Um, I don't think there's really that many starters coming out. Um, Truthfully, I think there's two reasons behind that. One is I think the talent level is a little bit down. You obviously have C.J. Stroud and, and Bryce Young, who are who are both very good. But Bryce Young, you know, 5'10", 180 pounds, how does that translate to the NFL level? 
And then with C.J. Stroud, <clears throat> you know, you're throwing to three first-round picks. So <clears throat> are we going to run into another Tua situation, which we still haven't, <clears throat> you know, seen the whole story play out for Tua yet. Um, but <clears throat> the second thing on that is I think there's been so many uh, talented young quarterbacks drafted in the last five years. And it's like, where, where is the – how many openings are there in the NFL right now? You know, maybe maybe five or six, you know, six or seven openings um, because the NFL right now is loaded with young quarterback talent. Um, so I'm, I'm really intrigued by that, but I do think uh, Levis is going to be, you know, one of the top three quarterbacks off the board. His playing style definitely seems – somewhat of pro ready in terms of he seems like he has a strong arm he has more of a frame than you know like you said Bryce Young so it will be interesting to see how that how he translates into the NFL but another one of the quarterbacks that you just mentioned and I just touched on was Bryce Young we saw him at Arkansas this past week go down with a shoulder injury and the game kind of flipped on its head when he went out there. Alabama was completely dominating. He gets injured, and it almost seemed like they did not know what to do. They go from this very dynamic offense to an offense that really stalled out and then had to rely on these really big, broken run plays. And they pretty much just run the ball, ran the ball to death against Arkansas, and they ended up blowing the doors out a little bit. But what we're like – this Alabama team can't win it all without Bryce Young. So that's a huge concern with a shoulder injury. What do we think about like that going forward? Yeah, it just depends how bad it is. I mean, <clears throat> he did win the Heisman last year. So, you know, we're talking about a returning Heisman winner. Obviously, you lose that guy. It's going to be a huge detriment to your offense, um, both from an efficiency standpoint and from a morale standpoint. Um so I, I think they'll weather the storm the first couple, the, these first couple weeks because I do think their schedule lightens up a little bit. Um, but they will need him, you know, as they get into the wrong, back. Wrong, wrong. <clears throat> go, go ahead. at Tennessee in two weeks. So, it but but, not, but who do they have? Who do they have this week? They have A and M at home. Okay, A and M's garbage. It's definitely better. So, yeah. so this, they this can, week good. Next so, week so, not so good. Fair. So he can you know have have a, essentially a bye week. Get him get him healthy for at Tennessee, and go from there. It's funny that this Texas A&M team now has turned into it's a bye week. That's just how bad they've looked. The number <laughs> of fifth or sixth team preseason is now considered a bye week just Unranked. because they're yeah their offense is so so bad. But which they is don't... surprising because that's Jimbo supposed to be Jimbo's you know bread and butter is is his offensive genius and I mean. Really, outside of that one good year at Florida State with Jameis and Dalvin Cook, and that loaded defense he had with Derwin James and Jalen Ramsey and and so forth, like, what has he really done? I, I don't I saw know. someone say an interesting take about like the age of the paying. Like this will be the end, not the end. This will this will be the end of taking chances on. Coaches that aren't Nick Saban with big contracts, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't, like I, Jimbo Fisher's buyout, I believe, is like ninety million or something insane like that. Well, how do you think Michigan it, State some, feels right now with Mel Tucker? Yeah, exactly. Gave him ninety-five million. Examples. Like what? What are you guys doing? I, I, that's a great point, Luke. You're done, and and 
like it maybe it, it started getting out of control but now you had one of the big ones really or two of the big ones really slip up um but it's just a, an interesting take i heard and that people are going to be a lot more cautious now i think like for example like josh heupel for example i'm always gonna bring it back to tennessee but josh heupel is like an up-and-coming coach and do you do you pay him to keep him do you pay him one of those big contracts to keep him and say like if we get it wrong we get it wrong i i think you still have to do that but and if you're a&m like you you have all the money in the world and got to figure out a place to spend it kind of yeah just i mean so i don't really know it, can the alumni stroke the check and if they can they'll continue to do it because it's just the game yeah. the, the, it's in the, the rat race we're in I compare it a little bit, and they're not apples to apples, but I compare it a little bit to the quarterback market in the NFL, and like a prime, like a Derek Carr, like he's good enough where you have to pay him because you just you don't know what else is out there. Almost, you know, it's like these guys. And for the hypel, he's shown that he's good enough. Do you have to pay him? Yeah, you probably do, because you don't want to start over. And he's shown that he's good enough where he could maybe bring the program to where it needs to go. But interesting no, takes a good for point. sure, and it'll also be interesting. I think we might touch on it later, but it'll it'll be interesting to see, you know, with the, you know, with the <clears throat> the new playoff format coming down the road. You know, a school like Tennessee, you know, if Heupel makes the playoff, you know, two out of every five years, does he warrant that that huge contract? I would argue yes, because that's a successful year at Tennessee. You know. So it might actually make things get crazier. Yeah, I can. I, uh, Go ahead, Luke. No, no, speaking of just closing the, the book on Bama, they play at A&M, or sorry, they play A&M at home, at Tennessee, Mississippi State at home, at LSU, at Ole Miss. If they don't have Bryce Young, I think they're dropping two of those games, right? Like there's no way that they can just, keep up you know I, I don't think there's a bye week in there or there's one there's a bye week in between mississippi state and lsu but don't they don't, have but bryce yeah, but don't don't underestimate the fact that now they know bryce is out and they can now specifically game plan and tailor the the game plan to the strengths of their backup quarterback which i'm sure he's a five star um and i'm sure he has unique strengths that bryce you know either does or doesn't have and sure. so you know now that they know that bryce is out they're going to spend all week now you know, specifically tailoring this game plan to, to that guy's strengths. So, but I'm, I mean, yeah, I was wrong. I, th- I thought they had a bit, of, a little bit of a lighter schedule coming up. Well, they play Tennessee, so it's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it used to be funny. Now it's not so funny. Yeah. Now that you, now that you, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a little, it's, a, that used to be very serious. <laughs> well, we had two other games that were big, you know, top 10 games close to, I don't, yeah, Baylor is not in the top 10, but we had Big 12, big game, Oklahoma State at Baylor, rematch of the Big 12 championship from last season. Van Gundy, or Gundy, Van Gundy, Mike, Mike Gundy, he overcame the loss, and they looked, they looked pretty good. I mean, it was... Wait, what do you mean overcame the loss? From last year, like the Big 12 loss. Oh, 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 oh. oh. And, like, you know, a little bit of a revenge game, but I I thought this was going to be a defensive slugfest. I thought it was going to be low scoring, and, it, I mean, it was a high-scoring game. It was unlike some of the Oklahoma State teams and Baylor teams that we've seen in the last year and a half or so. 
But Mike, you're you're a Big Twelve region guy with the Jayhawks in the Big Twelve. Can any like can Oklahoma State? It seems like they probably have the best chance for sure now with Oklahoma being very bad. But Oklahoma State has the best chance to get into the football playoff. Do they? Do you envision them like having a real chance at it and competing? Yeah, absolutely. I think top to bottom, they have the most talent in the Big 12. And they're also led by a veteran quarterback. I mean, Spencer Sanders is is a is a good player. He's not a great player, but he's been around there for, it seems like, four or five years. Um, I think they got over the hurdle of the revenge game at Baylor. Um, the Big 12 will be very interesting. I don't think a Big 12 team will get in the playoff because I think top to bottom, it's the deepest league uh, as far as Power 5 goes in the NCAA. Um, I just think they're going <clears> to <throat> kind of beat up on each other. Um, and so as far as who's the favorite, it's by far them, but I don't think the Big 12 is going to get a team in. It's because top to bottom, <laughs> it's, it's the same. There's really no top. Yeah, right. There's no – I mean, there's no <laughs> KU anymore. I mean, KU is a much better ball club, so you don't have an, an easy out. I mean, K-State's much improved, probably one of the favorites to win the Big 12. Iowa State is always super strong. Texas Tech is always good for an upset here and there. Texas has the talent to be a top 15 team. Same with OU. Um, and it, I just don't see there's no easy game. Um, and when you're dealing with 20-year-olds, you're always going to have that variable thrown in there of, of a let-up game. To me, it seems like SEC has the best, you know, seven, eight teams. But I do think their bottom teams are not very good. Like the Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Missouri, well, let's talk about Missouri-Georgia really quick because Missouri is not a good football team. And they provided a huge scare to a Georgia team that has basically looked untouchable against mediocre teams for a year and a half now. And they go, was it, it was in Missouri, and they're down the whole game. Like, what happened in that game? There's blood in the water. There's blood in the water. Like, there's no excuse for that, and I, I watched once it. I think I watched the second quarter on. The Georgia offense looked bad. They, they I, I don't know exactly. I don't know if Mike, you saw it and saw what they did from an X's and O's standpoint, but they just like really couldn't get it going. And even when they did, it was like a struggle in the red zone. You would think that Georgia could just say, "Okay, we're gonna flip on the running game, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna run on you, and you know, there's nothing you can do about it." But they couldn't run. They could barely throw. Stetson Bennett looked very mediocre. And Missouri, it's not like, like you said, it's not Missouri's bottom of the SEC. They're not, K-State beat them by what, 25 plus? The question is, did they just provide like a blueprint to all the other teams? Or did Georgia just have a very, very off night for some reason? Well, the blueprint there was getting pressure on the quarterback. I don't know if that was because... I mean, Mizzou has dudes. They're still in the SEC, and they still recruit pretty well. But So I don't know if it was a – was Georgia disinterested? Were they playing things close to the vest as far as a schematic standpoint of opening up the playbook? Were they just trying to run vanilla stuff and kind of just get through it without putting additional stuff on film? Um, but they were after Stetson Bennett the whole night, and he's not a guy that does well under pressure. That's not his strength. Um, Did- did you could you tell was Missouri like were they blitzing and then like dropping into zone or are they blitzing like man to man? They were getting pressure with their front four, which is obviously the, always oh, okay, it's always the key to success. 
Um, and that's, that's crazy. like not like I, I, I don't know. I still know what, what, what it was. Was it was did Georgia have some guys hurt up front? I don't think they did. Again, were they trying to keep things too vanilla? And then they kind of got behind the eight ball. Um, but, yeah, I think it's certainly something to keep an eye on. I'm not super concerned about it. I, th- I still think Georgia's the best team in the country, but um, definitely a, a, definitely surprising. So I, Yeah, I did not expect that. <laughs> I want to I wanna hold this thought a little bit for just after we talk about the NC State game because I've got some questions for Mike, and we can touch back onto this game a little bit. But I'll, let's finish out week five. We had ACC, NC State at Clemson, kind of what we expected. Like, NC State was – they weren't really a contender. Clemson has sh- – I'm again, I think every week you come out a little bit more impressed with Clemson. I still don't think they're there in terms of, you know, that the three teams that we always talk about being Bama, Georgia, and Ohio State. But I think they're in that, like, 4-5 or five discussion for sure with Michigan. I think their offense has shown enough where you can take a little bit of a deep breath if you're a Clemson fan. I agree with that. Yeah, so Clemson – And now their schedule's easy. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good point. I mean – the ACC is not very good. Um, they play a really good Notre Dame team later, though. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, do you mean Clemson's going to go wherever Will Shipley... See, that's a joke now. That's a Tennessee joke now. We it all is. laugh. It might be. <laughs> I mean, Will Shipley's going to take them where where they're going to go. So, defensively, you're never concerned with Clemson um, just because their defensive line is going to always be loaded with first-round picks. Um. But, you know, if Will Shipley gets hurt or gets a nick, their running back, they are in a world of trouble, um, which is which is kind of bizarre for Clemson. You know, the last couple of years it's been the quarterback, right, with Watson and, and uh, uh, Lawrence. Sure, Lawrence. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, yeah. I do think they'll get in, but I don't think they're going to be able to contend with an Ohio State or Georgia or Bama if Bama's fully healthy. Just because they're not they're they're not explosive enough. Is that, is, it, is that your four teams in the college football playoff prediction? Um, yeah. I mean, if I was to do it now, I would. I'd have those four. Just I think those four teams are head and shoulders better than everyone. Um, potentially, you could see. I mean, if you guys have looked at Michigan's schedule, it is the biggest joke ever. Um, oh, we, they play we, nobody. we looked at it, and we we, yeah. we we picked them on the one team that they actually had to play, and we lost that game. So we're, we're well aware. <laughs> they, they don't play anybody except for the last game of the year. So I actually think Michigan is almost better off losing against Ohio State, you know, in that last game of the year and then getting in as that, that last – the fourth seed. Uh, but then you're going to run into the same thing with, <clears throat> I mean, potentially some team in the SEC. So – it's kind of amazing how last year I remember we were talking about Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State all had to play each other, and how that was just a gauntlet of a schedule, and how that has completely changed in a year's time. Yeah, that's I remember like a year from now the same thing. It was maybe Michigan State who had like Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State like back to back to back, and they were like a top mm-hmm. two. They were like two in the country at the time, and Iowa was even in there as well. But 
Yeah, that's right. Speaking of kind of the top ten, and we we had a, we had some shakeup this year. We have a, a change in the number one. I actually looked at the points. So they do all the all the points of whatever you know. They, it was a two point difference between Bama and Georgia, mm-hmm. and I think Georgia had twenty eight first place votes to Bama's twenty one, and then Ohio State yep. got a couple as well. So crazy how tight they view those two teams right now, and it's it really is funny how. Last week, I didn't check the numbers, but I would imagine Georgia was hundreds of points ahead of Bama, and they have one very, mm-hmm. very bad game in which they win. And now they kind of had two, though, right? Like the weekend before, they played Kent State, and they didn't. It was like close for like three quarters. That's what's like so weird about this Georgia team is they're kind of putting together some very, very questionable games, and then they're gonna head into like their sec schedule i don't know just a sidebar yeah well you think you know kentucky state they they (laughs) they you almost throw that game off of like all right well they it was kent state so who cares but you're right now they've done it twice so maybe there is more to look into that game than what we initially thought but anyways running out of top 10 the you know top six pretty much stays the same other than the one we just mentioned oklahoma state moves to seven and then Ole Miss jumps or jumps up to eight, and then Penn State rounds it off at ten with uh, Tennessee at staying at eight. But a little bit of shakeup, but we haven't seen the top dogs fall like we did last year. I mean, like I just said, insane that Iowa and Michigan State were like two and three at some point last year. Like just how different the seasons have been, and yet last year we pretty much ended up with the same four teams as normal. You know what's really started to annoy me is I've started to follow a lot of like analysts and talking heads on Fox Sports and ESPN or whatever, and everyone tries to get so smart with their picks. Like I saw one one guy had Joe, Joel Klatt, who I actually really like. He's like such a Big Twelve, Big Ten, Pac Pac Twelve homer, and he put Michigan over Georgia. And it's just like these guys are trying to be like too smart. They don't. They want to like be different they want the clicks like yeah that's exactly what it's it is. it's the biggest joke like if you're if your life depends on it are you putting georgia are you betting georgia or are you betting michigan and then i get like there's the argument like oh but you have to deserve your ranking it's like no not when you're all undefeated it's like what you know who's the better team but i've, al- anyway, <clears throat> I've always said that teams should not be ranked until after week five i like that there, i completely there's agree. there's literally I think my no, betting there's would be no better point. too there's no point yeah, Completely. we've touched on it this show of just how ridiculous preseason rankings are. Like, look what, at are the, what are you like? What are you going off of? Like, how many people are returning, and like what your recruiting class was? Like, it's just so. It, it, whatever. <clears throat> I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here, but it's not it. It's not like valid thinking there. Other than it gives something people to, or something to talk about. That's it. That's what people are looking for these days. That's why that's why we, we make the hot takes on hedging happiness. People are talking <laughs> about us. But all right, let's go into we're gonna do a little Q and A here, Mike. We've kind of touched on some of the things, but one of the questions that I had and we, we you introed with it a little bit and I think it's very, you know, relative to Luke and his upcoming baby is how does football season change? when you have kids yeah it's a, a, a really good question obviously it, it does but I would say with with one it doesn't change much because you know that first year you can put them in 
you know, a little lovey thing. You can put them in a little rocker. Um, and, lovey and just kind of little, my wife would kill me for saying that little backpack, you know, esque thing, um, and, and watch football and, and do your thing. Um, now with three and the two oldest being four and two, they don't really care about football. Um, they don't, they're not old enough to enjoy it, but they're, and they're still young enough to, to be crazy and not be able to sit down and, and watch a game. Um, so my, my football viewership has gone down drastically. I, I kind of watch football now through my phone, just kind of checking scores. Um, I try to find a window here and there to, uh, to sit down and, and watch a game, but you know, if it's in the evening or the, those, those afternoon games are pretty nice because the boys are sleeping, but um, certainly is not ideal for football viewership. So he's saying, Luke, you're you're good for the for the end of this year. It sounds like Luke, you uh, are Luke, you are absolutely golden until next football season. <laughs> Wait, so like, so so you're saying like when my daughter's one, I'll be okay. Like this time next year, I'll be fine. Uh, no, no, no. Once once your daughter starts walking, which will be right around one, then then Dead meat. things get pretty serious. But but until then, a, but until then, you're golden. Okay, so I got like the first. I got I got like all of next year, basically. Yeah, yeah. I'll like knock her down a couple times. But you're you know, but you're I'll but you're an athlete. You're, you know, you're a college athlete, so your daughter might be walking like <laughs> at ten months. So you never know. We don't want like child services to come after you now, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> I've got her in like little splints, so she can't walk or something like that. <laughs> Only on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I'm sure your wife would love that. You'd you'd oh, be divorced God. within a week. Yeah. It wouldn't even be a funny joke. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think it would be either. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Well, that's you know that was a good tidbit looking into the future, looking into what Luke's future football viewership looks <laughs> like. Let, Maybe you can catch up next year to my. I'm on the units and the percentages. Yeah, yeah right? we'll, we'll, we'll see. I don't. <clears throat> TBD, TBD. We need we need to get married first, so one step at a time. But let's let's go into football now. This college football season, we have we we heard we kind of heard the rock chalk song. Maybe it'll maybe mm. it'll make the audio. But let's talk, Mike. You deserve a little bit of time to talk about the Jayhawks. They've been. Arguably the worst Division One football team, argue, like probably the worst Power Five football team for about the last five years, and they are undefeated this year, ranked at number nineteen, I believe, is what they came in. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the what's the energy like in in Kansas right now? One, what a cool story, right? I mean, not only were they the worst, you know, Power Five team the last five years, maybe the worst run of seven years ever you know going back to maybe k-state in the early 80s um, and obviously bill snyder turned that around but it's pretty remarkable energy super high um you know <clears throat> last two weeks have been sellouts guys we haven't seen a sellout in lawrence kansas since like 2010 um which is you know super exciting as a ku grad and ku fan um, still trying to get up to a game i um, was hoping to get up this week but not not able to um yeah, three kids. Thanks. How far is that from you? It's a uh, forty-minute, forty-minute drive. So very doable. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously re- real exciting. Um, I just think you're you're really seeing 
a, a well-coached team finally. Like, KU finally has a football coach. Like, they don't have some idiot hire that was made <clears throat> to be on front, you know, front headlines of ESPN, Charlie Weiss, um, <clears throat> Les Miles, and so forth. You, you have a, a coach who knows ball, who has been successful wherever he's been, you know, won six national championships at the Division three level, then went to Buffalo and had three really great years at Buffalo. And I think people sometimes forget that he was hired in April of last year. So last year he was hired after spring ball. And spring ball, every college coach will tell you, is the most important two to three weeks of any college football program um, because that's when your young guys finally get first-team reps because all your you know, starters have graduated and so forth. So he came in in April. Um, KU Who led them in spring practice? Les Miles. And then his scandal came out and, and was fired, rightfully so. Um, so he's, you know, literally trying to build the airplane as they're flying it. And the first, you know, six, seven weeks of last year, they were obviously not successful. But you could see um, little glimpses of, <clears throat> of a team, again, that's finally well coached, who plays hard, who's bought in. And then if you remember the last three or four games last year, you know, you beat Texas, you have a close game against TCU, a close game against West Virginia. You're, you're starting to see maybe them turning the corner um, at that time. They also pulled the red shirt on, on uh, Jalen Daniels. He had not been playing all of last year. They were really trying to redshirt him. And I think it was pretty clear that this dude needs to needs to play. And uh, he, you know, willingly let go of his redshirt year to play the last four games and was phenomenal. Um, and this year, you're seeing you're seeing all of that. They've they've had some great wins. Um, to the point about being well coached. Like, okay, how do you know a team is well coached? So if you watch KU's offense. They motion on 97 to 98 percent of their of their plays, have some sort of motion or some sort of formation change or a shift. Right. When you do that, you obviously create leverage. You you create angles against the defense. You can kind of find out what coverages they're in. You can kind of identify fronts and so forth. So you ask, well, why doesn't every team do that? Not every team does that because when you shift or or have motions on every single play. If you're not well coached, you're going to have penalties. You're going to have false starts. You're going to have illegal formations um, and so forth. And KU, I believe, had their first offensive penalty in game three. I think they've had four or five penalties total offensively, um, which to me just shows you how, how, well, how well they're coached, how well they're bought into their system. Um, and it's exciting. I, I mean, it's really, really exciting. Their depth, their depth still concerns me. Um, obviously they haven't recruited very well the last few years. So a few key guys get hurt. They might be in trouble. Their starting running back is out for the year. Um, Daniel Highshaw, which is concerning, but they're actually pretty, pretty, pretty loaded at the running back position. But again, exciting. I don't so. want to be like a, a, like a dark cloud over this, but how nervous are you that this guy's going to get Lance, was it Lance Leopold? He's yeah. going to get plucked like in the next year or two. <clears throat> very <laughs> like you have to right worst program ever now they're five and oh and ranked like what someone's gonna take it I would so think. kind of or, like offer him. kind of like good news or like optimism here would be i think he's a builder i think he wants to come in and build programs i don't know if he's the type of guy that would do well at like a florida state or like an oregon or somewhere like that where you're gonna get the five-star recruits every single year and you're not really building a program you're just sustaining one and you're more managing personalities and talent at that point. You're not really coaching and building. Um, 
the Wisconsin job concerns me. Um, he's a Wisconsin native. The six national championships he won was at the Whitewater D3 school in Wisconsin. Um, I'm praying that the Wisconsin job goes to Jim Leonard, their defensive coordinator, who was a Wisconsin alum, played in the NFL. Um, that one concerns me. The Nebraska one concerns me a little bit. Um, so yeah, the Wisconsin one is, is terrifying to be honest. Cause I think he would, I think he would leave for that. Especially, I mean, that you're just alluding like there, that job's open now. So right. hopefully they fired Chris early enough where they like maybe make a change, but it, for Wisconsin, it really depends how they finish the season. In my opinion, if, Spot on. I hope Wisconsin What's it, does Jim very Leonard well. is their D, D coordinator? Yeah, Jim Leonard is their DC. Yeah, so you would imagine like he'll probably have a, his hands on it to finish the year a little bit. And if they do well, maybe they offer him. But if they stink, they probably won't give him that job. Interesting tidbit about that. Lance had his uh, press conference, his weekly press conference this week, this morning. And he had an interesting comment that he said about the Paul Christ firing. And he said... You know, Paul Chris is a great human being, and it's very disappointing that someone who averages nine wins a year is fired. So that means he doesn't like he doesn't like the culture of firing. So coach, I'm right? maybe he doesn't like their athletic. Uh, <clears throat> uh, he doesn't like their um, their athletic director, and maybe the direction of of kind of where the AD at Wisconsin is is running things. Um, but I I thought that was an interesting tidbit. Or it's all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> yeah, that maybe it's more concerning. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. A little misdirection. So, I mean, yeah, congrats. Like, Is that enough for him, though? Is that for enough for him? Like, that? Is it Wisconsin? Sorry to interrupt, Bees. Is that, is, is that job a big enough jump for him to be like, oh, way more interesting than what I'm doing at Kansas or what I got going on at Kansas? Well, I think you, you tie in the fact that he's a Wisconsin native. You know, they're, it's like what – Whenever someone gets fired at a university, like what's the first thing that we all look for in the media is like oh, alum, oh some guy who played, you yeah. know, played there or was from there, just to tie in that story. So that's that. That would be like my biggest concern. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, for for your sake, Wisconsin turns it around. Hopefully, KU and look, keeps look, it's only been five games, right? I mean, KU. I mean, KU's got TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. Their next four games. It's all upside. I think. You know, like if they lose all four, like they're still going to be pretty happy. And if they win one, then it's like the world. If know? we if we make a bowl game, this it's it's amazing. Um, so we'll see. It's something definitely that KU fans I know are concerned about. So one thing I want to talk about moving on from KU, but you mentioned like really good coaching and the and the penalties, and I'm bringing it back from the Georgia-Missouri game and how they kind of kept it close. A little different than that, but one thing regarding to schemes is we were kind of discussing like offense versus defense last episode. And I like this is impossible to really put out there, but say talent-wise it's 50-50 and let's say the coaching is is also even. Wait, like, what does offense or defense have? Which one of those has an advantage? The advantage or, goes to which coach can make the adjustment faster. Interesting. <clears throat> football, football is a game that 
I think more so than any other sport, <clears throat> relies on the X's and O's. Um, Soccer is very fluid. Basketball, you can have one dominant player because there's only five on the floor or five on one side of the floor. Football, there's 22 guys out there in a fairly confined space. And there's a lot more rules involved with football. And so I've always said the best coaches are the ones that can adjust quicker and, 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 and adjust you know, the most effectively at a fast pace. Um, coordinators who can see a series and quickly identify what an offense or defense is trying to do to punish whatever you are trying to do and then adjust off of that are going to be successful. Um, because you can go into a game knowing, you know, these, we know these 10 plays or 15 players are going to work against a certain front, a certain coverage on the back end, um, certain one-on-one -on -one matchups and so forth. Um, but sometimes you go into a game and, and the defense is doing something completely different. And so how fast can a coordinator pick up on that and then adjust and, and relay that message and schematic adjustment to his players is going to be, is going to be the most effective. <clears throat> I don't think I've ever, I, so I always lean towards it's easier for the offense just because of all the rules that the defense can't like they can't hit above the you know above or below and and all that but that makes more sense and i think that's something that i probably need to take into account more when i am trying to handicap and pick some of these games because a lot of times i i know i feel like college is you know i still feel like the number one thing is talent but if they are even then it it definitely goes to to the coaching battle the other huge thing that's unique about football is, and especially with now the new technology, is when you're off the field, you're off the field for sometimes 10, 12 minutes. And when you're off the field, what are you doing? You're looking at pictures. At the high school level, you're, you're literally looking at video of the last drive. And at the college and, and professional level, you're looking at pictures, still-by-still -still pictures of every single play, how the defense is aligning to each formation, what they're trying to do. So you basically have 10 to 12 minutes between each drive to study what they're doing, see how they're lining up to all of your formations, all of your shifts, all of your motions, and then you can you you have that live feedback to adjust um, where you don't have that in any other sport. And again, that just goes back to my point of if, if you can adjust quickly, then you're going to be the most well-coached and most, most efficient and effective uh, throughout the game. I mean, as a coach, what we used to do early on in a game as a play caller, would we, the first series, we would line up in every formation we had and every and do every motion and shift we had. Because then we had, for the rest of the game, we, we had on film or on a picture how their defense was lining up. And so then we had, we had assistant coaches looking at those pictures, looking at that video, saying, okay, you have 15 minutes now of, of pictures and videos of, of alignments on everything we do you have 15 minutes to go scheme and draw up a play or make an adjustment on a different co or a certain concept we have. And That's the same thing goes the same thing goes as a defensive coordinator. You know, you can have a defensive coordinator look at all their formations in the first quarter. Okay, these guys ran trips here, or they ran tray here, they went they ran double tight here. Assistant here, go take all this stuff and figure out our adjustments. How are we going to line to this? How are we going to, you know, shift down to this? You just don't have that in every other sport. Yeah, it's it's definitely much more you know play call based, obviously, 
And if they're doing that at the high school level, you can only imagine how in depth and in, in detail they're going at college level and professional level for sure. But to your but to your point, that's if the talent level is fifty fifty. Yeah. If the talent level is not fifty fifty, it doesn't really matter. Because you can line up and scheme as much as you want, but if the Jimmys and Joes are better than the X's and O's, you're screwed anyway. It, I love just, that saying. It just, Jimmy's and Joe's and X's and O's. I, one of my favorite quotes, I think last year, the South Carolina coach was like, why did you guys struggle or fail to, adjust, fail to adjust against Georgia's defense? And he's like, well, because their defensive line are all five stars and first-round picks. Their backups are all five stars and first-round picks. And all their freshmen are five stars and first-round picks. <laughs> and, we, and we don't have those. <laughs> I hate that we quoted Shane Beaver on this show. He's going to have to cr- X that out. <laughs> we'll, we'll lead with that, actually, before the intro. But I hate that guy. That's, that's interesting. I mean, it, it does make sense. Probably, you know, if the talent isn't there, you keep it closer than what it would be if you have better coaching. But you really don't have too much of a chance nine times out of ten if you don't have the talent, if it's a huge, uh, huge gap. But hundred percent. I so we kind of touched on a little bit. The biggest surprise this year, I'm gonna assume that that's gonna be the Kansas Jayhawks. They've we 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 touched on them. Who is your biggest disappointment? Uh, Texas by far. <laughs> but they really? but they always are. Um, now, granted, I, I so I was actually in person for the Texas Bama game, and. Uh, Texas looked so good that first quarter, it's just like, like LSU. So good, and then Quinn and then Quinn Ewers got hurt, and they just you take away. I Quinn, Quinn Ewers looked so freaking good that first quarter. He had like 170 yards, one completion, and then he gets hurt and's out for the game and is out for the next four or five games. Um, so I think you know partially it's to blame for that injury, but. Year year in and year out, they have so much talent, and they just can't perform. Yeah, that seems like it's an injury injury luck. We'll see how he looks when he comes back. He's got to be getting close, right, a couple weeks here? I think he's actually supposed to play against OU this week. Ooh, what a game. That will be a 70-point game. Uh, over. Yeah, the OU, OU is not looking good. but All right. Not, neither team is ranked, huh, in that game? No. Sad. Yeah, very sad. Who, who I, would have thought that if you said game day, you know, for week six was going to be in the Big 12, <clears throat> and you would have thought it was going to be KU versus TCU instead of the the Red River shootout. <laughs> yeah, no joke. College football at its finest right there. I personally probably would have went with Notre Dame or Texas A&M, but I'm glad that you didn't say those two, t- or at least Notre Dame. It makes me feel a little bit better. A lot of season for Freeman to turn it around. <laughs> What are your guys' thoughts as as uh, as domers? What are your guys' thoughts on the on the season and, and Freeman especially? I think sure, I know you guys. I know you guys have touched on it, but yeah, I just think I feel like you can't like go ahead. Go ahead. I I think it's very early, and I think the fact that he's just he's won his last two games, and they did look much better against North Carolina. I know North Carolina's defense is not very good. Ultimately, it, it really comes down to this game week five to show how much improvement have they made since that Marshall debacle. 
and, and I think it's it is early to it's early to tell. First first year head coach, you know he he definitely's had his struggles, and it, time will tell to see if he can continue the momentum against a you know relatively strong BYU game team. They're gonna play BYU, then they're gonna play Stanford. Then UNLV should be a win, but then they play Syracuse, Clemson. Syracuse is ranked now. I didn't even know that. And then they're going to end the year with USC. Like they're if they don't win this BYU game, you know, six and six is on the table. Very much so. That's what, yeah. I just, I think people are forgetting. I I I just I was so shocked, and I'm tipping picks a little bit or hinting picks. I was so shocked that they're favored this BYU game. I, I'm, like, looking for injuries and stuff, but, like, just they beat Cal. They beat North Carolina. They barely beat Cal. They beat North Carolina. Had a bye week, and now they're favored against BYU. I I don't feels like a trap to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a big game. Let's go. Let's kind of get into week, like, the, the week six games with our picks. The, kind of the big games that we have highlighted for this pod's interest and one of the other bigger games this week. We've got Tennessee at LSU, TCU at Kansas, Utah at UCLA, and BYU Notre Dame. Sounds like some of you have a few picks. We'll just we've we'll change it up a little bit and we'll like we'll talk about a game. If we have picks in that game, let's go ahead and give the picks and we can kind of recap the the standings at the end of all of this. And if we have extra games as well, we'll we'll throw those picks in. Luke, Tennessee at LSU We've kind of talked about it a little bit. I think we're both on this game with our picks. At least I I locked in my pick. I just a one unit pick, Tennessee minus two and a half. That's that's what I have. I think you're on it a little bit more. If feel free to speak on that. Yeah, it's a it's it's my first three unit bet. Let's go. This week, Tennessee at LSU. I have Tennessee minus three. The line went down for a brief second to two and a half back up to three now for me it's like a it's like a bunch of things the first and most obvious is that Tennessee is gonna score like people think that and and the rebuttal to that is well Mississippi State went to LSU you know passing offense air raid offense Tennessee's you know does similar and from what I've read they're not related. Like Tennessee's so up tempo, and what Josh Heupel runs is so different from what Mississippi State runs that you can't like connect the dots there. So, my the the initial thesis is Tennessee's going to score thirty five plus, and LSU just isn't going to be able to keep up. To support LSU not being able to keep up, I watched Jaden Daniels play. I watched him play Florida State. I watched him play this last weekend Auburn, um, and I watched him play. Mississippi State, and he is one of the least impressive quarterbacks I've seen. He's dynamic. Like, the guy, he just runs though. Like he's got six, he's got six touchdowns through passing. But I, I, I didn't look how many of those were against, you know, Louisiana Monroe Stateville. You know, like he's he he's just he's just a runner. And there are open receivers. And granted, Tennessee's secondary is very bad. But and the, and they're drawing comparisons between Anthony Richardson and Jaden Daniels, and I I don't think that's comparable either. That's absurd. Yeah, he's 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 just a runner, and it's and it's all scramble, and he might be a little banged up. At, he had like some 
I think it was bursitis after. I don't know if you saw the awkward slide against Auburn. Very unathletic. But they should have lost that Auburn game. They beat Mississippi State, which is impressive. They lost to Florida State. I just, Tennessee's offense is going to be too much to keep up with. The defense, Tennessee's defense will give up points. Like, they're going to give up maybe 25 to 30 points, but the offense is going to score 35 plus. And I think it's going to be a, a pretty easy 35 plus. And that's all assuming that Tennessee doesn't get their number one wide receiver back this week, which I don't think they will. But for me, three units. I, I don't see this being closed. It's 11 a.m. kickoff. It's not even a night game in, in Baton Rouge. Tennessee's coming off a bye. All two weeks to prep for it. It's a huge game for our season. I mean, you win this game, 10-2 and two looks real. LSU, uh, I, 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 I don't buy this. This Auburn win was really tough. The Mississippi State win was fine, but Guys, I, this they, is a slam dunk for me. They completed 10 balls last week. He's, yeah, Jaden Daniels is not good. And that was and two I, I, of them, and two of them were from their backup. Yeah. So, Nick, I don't want to butt in here, but Luke, I, I'm with you. That's my pick of the week. Um, <clears throat> for everything you just said about you know LSU not being dynamic on offense, they can't throw the ball. Tennessee is going to score, you know, at least 21 to 24 points. I just don't see LSU keeping up. And secondly, and you alluded to this as well. The fact that this is not a night game in Death Valley, LSU deserves to lose this game by a hundred. You have a you have a top <laughs> ten team coming into Baton Rouge and you schedule it at eleven a.m. I don't care if it's TV contractual requirement or not. This has to be a night game. It's at eleven a.m. Like this is absurd. I saw that and I I've like heard. literally had a triple check, quadruple check. They deserve to lose this game by a hundred for scheduling this game at eleven a.m. I've heard on the I've been on the chat boards obviously and I've heard that LSU program AD you know office is furious about this because the issue was you have A&M you have the A&M Bama game which is going to get prime time regardless of how bad A&M is and then you have That'll be the 230 game. Picked, yeah, then they picked Georgia uh I believe it's Georgia Auburn and the reason they picked them is because if they don't pick them then then they they're not going to be able to get Georgia on TV until like f- like four games down the road and you're not going to basically have the number one team in the nation. It, it, but Georgia TV was a night BS, game like last week. To. I know, but, but they I weren't guess, CBS. I guess uh, yeah, true. I guess when you get in bed with the TV networks, then yeah, you're at mercy. To uh, them. It's but huge it, it's just for us. like it makes me so frustrated. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna upgrade to a two unit play. I love that. <laughs> okay, yeah, good. I'm gonna upgrade to a good. two unit play because if everybody's in, if everybody's on board, I'm on board. We can root together, and you know, pray for some positive units. So let's go, let's <laughs> go balls this week. I like everything, everything everybody said. Let's talk TCU Kansas, Mike. You can talk about this game if you have any picks. I don't have a pick for this game, but me neither. I'll let you I'll let you talk about this game. Beasler tried to bully me into it, though. Yeah, I mean, my pick would probably, if I'm going to play here, like, <clears throat> I am a total hedging happiness supporter and believer in my unit plays. Um, so if I was to if I was to to put money on this, which I'm going to, it would be to to tease down TCU to minus one, and tease down the over down to I believe it's would be sixty. Ooh, same game. 
So that would be my 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 play in this game. I again, that's pure hedging happiness there. KU wins, amazing. Uh, if they lose, I'm walking out with my you know pocket a little heavier. Um, <laughs> but I, I do like the over in this game. I think it's going to be pretty high scoring. My concern is KU's defense and TCU's skill players. Um, TCU's skill players are on par with with West Virginia. West Virginia put up you know, 40, you know, 35 points against KU. Um, and K, or West Virginia is nearly not as good as TCU. Um, KU starting running back is out. That concerns me. Um, so <clears throat> to keep my KU fans happy, I'm just going to play the over. Nice. TCU minus one with the teased of the under, or excuse me, the over of 60. I think it was at 66, so tease it down to... Down, down to 30. Down to 60. You wish you could tease it down to 30. Yeah, right. <laughs> down to 60. Um, okay, cool. So that's hedging happiness at its finest right there. If KU win, you lose a little bit of money, but they're undefeated still. If KU suffers their first loss, you come out with a little bit of happiness with, with, in terms of... Mike, one unit or two units, or what, what are you thinking? Um, I, I actually like that as a two-unit play. What is your Tennessee unit? That's going to be a two-unit play as well. Hell yeah. All right. So moving on, Utah at UCLA. Pac-12, probably one of the bigger Pac-12 games we've seen in a little bit. We have the favorite Utah to make the playoff to against undefeated UCLA team that had a big win against Washington. I, I'm not taking this game either. I think it'll be an interesting game, though. Like my, I lean towards Utah. I think they're, I think they're a better team. I watched the UCLA game against Washington, and I mean Washington's defense couldn't stop them at all. And I think Utah's defense is better, but this game just scares me a little bit. I don't know enough about UCLA. They seemed like they were capable of scoring enough points and you know moving the ball. Four and a half points in that game. UCLA is the underdog, four and a half points. That just seems like a little bit too much points at home to a team that potentially is in a little bit of a groove right now. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it either, but if I was to pick, it would be Utah with the points. Um, UCLA's got a good quarterback, but they're at home. This is going to be a home game for Utah. UCLA gets like 5,000 people at their game. Have you seen seen the pictures of... Like UCLA's crowd. Yeah, the Rose Bowl. Like there's, like, there's like 5,000 people in a 100,000 stadium. Even USC's is bad. Like, why would any five-star player want to go play there? Like, it's it's awful. Versus, like, SEC crowds every weekend packed. Like, it just... Yeah. But it's the not. NIL, it's like... NIL money is probably there. Yeah, NIL is fair. NIL is fair. All right. None of us are on that game. The last kind of weekly matchup that we have highlighted we're going to the desert las vegas viva las vegas we have you're probably wondering why why are we going to vegas well we have byu against notre dame part of the shamrock series that you know takes place every year for notre dame i'm excited for this game i really was hoping i could maybe try to get to this game can't schedule obligations. We got you know big big game for the free all Salt Lake on Sunday, but uh, can't make it there. Notre Dame is three and a half point favorites. 
Luke, you tipped your pick. Sounds like you're on BYU. Why don't you talk about why you're on BYU? I'm definitely on BYU. I the 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 most recent. I think BYU had a bye. No, no. They, who'd they play last week? I don't even know. Doesn't even matter. I am not. They played Utah gonna, State, and they didn't look very good. It's okay. I'm okay backing not backing whoever Notre Dame is playing. I don't buy the Cal win, the North Carolina win. They had a bye week, which is a little concerning with a new coach. But in a game that maybe these teams are even, I'm not saying BYU is going to crush them, but in a game in which they're even, statistics say to take the points. So I'm doing this for a one-unit play. Yeah, it seems like the only reason Notre Dame has the points is because of the Notre Dame public that could be on this game. Mm -hmm. I'm not touching this game. I... I don't know, man. You said you watched the Oregon-BYU game. I can't remember because I didn't watch that game fully. I did. Did they run all over BYU? They did They did everything all okay. over BYU. Because that would be my only concern is if they just don't have a run defense and that's Notre Dame's strength and they seem to kind of get it clicking against North Carolina. I know, it's North Carolina. Pump the brakes. But that would be my only concern with the BYU pick. And the fact but that in Notre that, in that game, Oregon attacked them more horizontally and not vertically because Oregon has speed and dynamic athletes. I'm not so sure Notre Dame has that. Um, they're more of a. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, they're more of a downhill, just run at your face <laughs> type of offense uh, and running game. The, I, I can't figure this line out. It's got to just be the public. Vegas knows the public is going to hammer Notre Dame if it was anything less than this. Oh, or if there was any line favoring BYU. I act, I also don't really love the bye week. Um, I think college kids get some time off. They get out of their routine. And I don't know. I just think you get better playing opponents. You don't get better practicing. Do you and think I the know, quarterback for Notre Dame would benefit? Because he he's two career starts. And do you think the bye week could maybe help him? Getting kind of thrown uh, it, into it, their system? Yeah, it certainly could. It could give Tommy Reese more time to, to set up different plays and formations to kind of tailor to his strengths. But I don't think he's very good anyway. So, like, I don't think it really matters. <laughs> and I get know, better so like that Notre bad. Dame, I didn't butt in on that Notre Dame conversation earlier. But until they figure out the quarterback position, they're not going to be that competitive. Quarterback and skilled positions, they've been struggling. And their offensive line – that was supposed to be their, you know, backbone this year. They haven't looked great. They haven't actually. They haven't even looked good. So, I don't know. I, you know, I, I can't ever. I have a hard time going against Notre Dame. So I, I'm going to lean towards Notre Dame this game, but no pick. And that's not bias. <laughs> strictly, strictly analytical uh, thought process there. All right, so I have Mike. You probably have a few more picks. I have a pick as well. Just one. I have pick. one too. Perfect. I have one, one of pick. them is Mike's pick, actually, though. <laughs> oh, let's talk about that then. You guys jump in. But, yeah, go uh, ahead, Luke. Yeah. So, I so before you decide to run through the games and make us like tell our picks as we're running through them, my theme this week was going to be the three-two-one, three units on Tennessee. I already revealed my one unit on BYU. But I'm going to go two units on Kentucky minus 10.5 at home against South Carolina. If you remember, 
last week, all the other weeks, I had two themes of the year so far that I was writing. One of them was take Arkansas until they tell you not to. They they almost they almost covered, but they told me not to. Um, and then the other one is bet against always go against whoever South or always go against South Carolina, whoever they're playing. And this week that's Kentucky, and I just think people are way too down on Kentucky. This Kentucky team is actually a good football team, and South Carolina is so bad and Spencer Rattler is so bad and Shane Beamer is such a joke and I think Mark Stoops is actually very good I think he should be in a lot of uh discussions for like big time head coaching jobs um but I'm getting Kentucky minus 10 and a half at home against a very very bad South Carolina team all day two units I love that agree with everything you said I'd also sprinkle in a first half play there so wait, when, what's your uh, what's your I official? Think the, yeah. So I think I think the first half is minus six, um, is what I most recently saw. South Carolina has played Charlotte and South Carolina State the last two weeks. I think, um, I think they've had basically two bye weeks leading up to this game. Um, I don't think they're going to be well equipped to handle the speed. I think it's going to come to a shock as them as they haven't played very talented opponents recently. And like everyone, for some reason, has now like jumped off the the band or jumped off the the, fa- the the bandwagon of Kentucky. They lost a close game at, at Ole Miss. Like that shit happens. They're still a really good football team, and South Carolina is not. Yeah, you know, I, I just this line. I I can't figure this line out. I I agree with you, Luke. This is a multi-unit play. Which one? The first half or the game? Just sprinkle the first half. Just sprinkle a unit on the first half, and then see you know. Play a multi-unit play on the overall line. Wow, love that. Well, so this is the this is the point of the podcast where I reluctantly am going to bring up our records because it, it, <laughs> there's there's a reason I have to do this. So on the year, Luke is six for 46 percent. I'm three for twelve. Boo. Twenty twenty-five percent. <laughs> Yikes! Very bad. Very bad. And Luke you got to do like a seven-unit play. I'm not, but you'll <laughs> understand my reasoning. Luke's minus three units. I'm minus nine. Okay. I my whole thought process this week was kind of like, let's we're we're gonna look at a lot of the underdogs because this is gonna be an underdog story of how I come back and beat Luke for the rest of the year. And my last pick is another underdog pick, but. I've got I I am adding one right now though and that's I'm going to have to add Kentucky cuz I love being I love having all three of us you guys <laughs> seem fun. to love Kentucky and I I want to get the group chat going on Saturday night I want to be rooting <laughs> for Tennessee early what time is this Kentucky game I believe it's a night game Night game even better we win the Tennessee game good juju going into the Kentucky I'll throw just one unit on Kentucky um yeah, because I feel like I need to be aligned. I, I'm right now. I can't see anything clearly. I need a few. I need you guys to carry me. To you know, I'm drowning <laughs> right now. I need you to come save me. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on you guys for a couple picks, just to get me get me a little bit of float, give me some hope, and hopefully I can you know take care of the rest in the in the weeks to come. With that being said, I have one more pick. It's also a one unit. We're going to go back into the underdog strategy that I was talking about. I'm going to go with Northwestern plus 10 at home against Wisconsin. I don't I, I don't know if Wisconsin has the firepower. I 
with Northwestern's not a they're not a great football team, but they've kept all of their games close. I think Fitzgerald is a great coach. What does scare me is the fact that we don't know Wisconsin's coach. If they come out and they're fired up, I take that one on the head, right on the chin. I'm going to take the chance that 10 points is enough at Northwestern. <laughs> give me give me Northwestern plus 10. Love it. Love Wisconsin in this game. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Great. You can never bet. You can never That's bet amazing. against you can never bet against an interim <laughs> coach that was an alumni, except Nebraska, because I uh, I earlier <laughs> against Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, their 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 alum coach did great this this time. Scott yep. Frost had a good run at Nebraska. No, no, Nebraska's their, oh, their the interim, interim coach wasn't an, was an alumni as well. Was a quarterback back in the nineties, and well, I was all over Nebraska against OU in that. Uh, was not great. That makes me feel better too, because OU's really bad. So you're on Wisconsin then, or you just love them? Uh, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna sprinkle a unit on Wisconsin <laughs> minus ten. New coach, got to ride Jim Leonard. Kind of a lot of exposure this week, people. This is this is make or break. <laughs> <laughs> you have any other games at this point? What are your other games? That was a silly question for me. <laughs> uh, I I don't have really any other game except Army plus seventeen. Against. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this game actually. Who's Army playing? There's someone. Oh, Wake Forest. Wake Forest. They're, yeah, they're playing Wake Forest. Wake Forest, I I think is decent. I think you um, can get. Is that line moved up to like eighteen and a half now? I'm gonna I'm gonna feel this one out. See where it goes. See where the public takes it. <clears throat> um, Army's been in some close games. They should have beat UTSA. Who should have beat Texas? Who's garbage? But let's not go there. Um, you know, they got beat pretty handily last week by Georgia State, uh, but Georgia State kind of runs a similar offense as Army has, except out of the spread. So I, I just kind of feel like Georgia State was ready for it. I always just like the academy teams against Power 5 teams because I never see never see the, the offenses that the academy teams run. Okay. I, I, I just a unit. It. Support just the troops. Unit. So... I think that that does our picks, right? Yeah, from me. Yeah, so I I just wanted to make a quick statement and apologize for last week. So I lost both games, and I my strategy was to pick against the losers. And Connecticut, twenty four point underdogs, they win their first FBS game since two thousand nineteen, and that two thousand nineteen team was against UMass. And you're thinking, okay, well, UMass is, is also really, really bad. Well, what do you know? They they cover, they lose by seven points as 19 and a half point dogs. So <laughs> just a tear, like, couldn't have been more wrong about that game. I, I don't even, I'm very upset. I, I want to issue an apology. I was very confident about those games going in. I couldn't have been more wrong. I think I'll win the award at the end of the season for the worst pick. But there's there's still some season left for Luke to to make a worse pick than that. So had to get that off my chest. I hope actually I don't want the followers. I do want the followers to ride with me this week because that we're all in on this week together yeah, for the we, most yeah. part. So I, but I, I don't blame you if you don't ride with me in the Northwestern game. But just don't don't give up complete hope on the eye. There there's still time left. So 
All right, that does our that does our picks. We're gonna finish the show. It's been a longer show, but bear with us because this this will be a good good part. We're doing the snake draft of things you like more the older you get, things you enjoy more. I think those are are pretty similar. And I, Mike had asked a question earlier last week about things that you what was the question, Mike? It was things you appreciate more. We're not doing that. We're doing things you like more. So for example, Mike had said. Things I appreciate more would be a metabolism that works. That doesn't play. It's it's actual. I think they both do. fit, though. I think they both fit, right? Am I crazy? We'll we'll see. We'll, we'll, we can we can throw in a veto process. We'll see how off or how abstract they get. I think some of them. I think there is a fine line of things. Because I, I would say that your metabolism is something you don't enjoy more as you get older. That's something you okay. enjoy less. For fair. example, because your metabolism gets worse as you get older. Fair, fair. But throw it out there, and we, we can we can discuss. Can you pull up the yeah. random number generator? I got it. Thank you. Here it goes. Here comes the click. The click is in. First, Mike. Second, Nick. Third, Luke. Ooh, I think there is a pretty clear number one here. I'm I would like that pick, but I, I guess I'm content. This with is gonna age us, I think. Oh, yeah, Mike's got up. the advantage here. Keep me Mike, from getting lost in this. Keep me from Mike, getting you lost are, in this. Three rounds, 30, four rounds. How many rounds? Four rounds. Four, four rounds. rounds. Okay. And Mike, you are 34 years old? Uh, 33. Oh, 33. No, I'm, I'm 34. You're 34. 34. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're 34. No, 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 no. I'm 33. I'm 33. Oh, my gosh. People. Are you sure? On. I'm 33. Well, you also didn't text me on my birthday. But oh, yeah, you're 33. You're 33. Four, four years older. Yeah, I forgot. I was really, really bad for me. You didn't need to bring that up, man. That's right. so, that's, that was really bad from all I'm of us. I'm just saying you can't, you can't comment on my age. Yeah, apparently you were lost on your age a little bit, too. I don't know what day it is. I've got three kids. Come on, I'm a father. <laughs> that's true. I apologize. All right, your number one pick. Let's, let's start it out. Alone time. Wow. Alone time significantly gets better as you get older. When you're young, you're vibrant, you're social. Um, <clears throat> all you want to do is hang out with people, see your friends, be around other people. But as you get older, life gets busy. You just appreciate that hour, sometimes 10 minutes of just alone time. No phone, no work, no kids, no family, no friends. Alone time, peace and quiet to you, yourself, and your thoughts. That's a great pick. I actually didn't even have that on my list. And it's not because I don't enjoy it. I do enjoy alone time. I, I'm not, now I'm nervous because I didn't even have that. And that is a really good pick. Really good pick. I feel like we're not there yet, though. Like, no, no, you're not there Give yet. it three kids and we'll be there. Absolutely. True. True. Okay, so my next pick, I'm definitely here at this point, And it's going to bed earlier. Going to bed earlier. Any time before 10 is amazing. 9.30 is my sweet spot right now. You watch a little TV show before 9.30, and then 9.30 is when you get into bed, brush your teeth, you're asleep before 10. Unbelievable. It is, when you're younger, you don't, never wanted to go to bed. When you're in college, why would you, if you, you're a loser if you go to bed early. <laughs> you're either out partying or you're studying. Also, you know, who, you know if you're studying, once you get older, you have to go to bed earlier, and it's amazing. All right, I Great actually pick. get I get my first 
I get my pick, uh, the pick I wanted. Things I, things you appreciate, as you, wait, as you appreciate like as you get older more. Uh, I think your parents oh, fall into God, that, that category. <laughs> yeah, very good, Luke. Very I think good. that's like a, that's an easy one. Yep, that's number two on my list. And then um, the kind of the flip side of Beasler's is uh, I like wait waking before up. before you get into your next pick. Okay. Parents, parents is an interesting one. You're definitely right, a hundred percent. You enjoy, like, you appreciate you. That, so that's one of the ones that you appreciate and you you like more. Yeah, as it you works. Get older. Yeah. Yeah. Only counterpoint that I would love to have a discussion is so as you get older, and you have your own house, especially if you're out of town. If you know my parents, Delia's parents, whenever they come over, it's awesome. We have no problems. But you do hear stories of people who are like, oh the parents are coming in town for a week it's gonna be hell yeah i've never that, had that like that that cliche of like oh the, the in-laws or the parent you know the parents are coming over yeah and I, I i don't experience it either we were rich and i were golfing one time and we had we were golfing with these two random people and they were like oh like you guys sick of each other yet and we're just like what are you talking about like no <laughs> like we're having a great time we like these guys were clowns but that's the only thing that I, you know, could maybe be a con to that. No, it is a cliche. It is like a, I don't know what it's called, a cliche. Yeah, and you hear it, you're like, oh, like, his, oh, or, yeah. her in, his, his or her in-laws are, oh, my, it's going to be the longest week weekend ever. <laughs> but I've got a great, uh, I've got a great quote from my father on this one. He said that <clears throat> growing up, I was, sometimes we got, I got in trouble. We were, he was hard on me and so forth, rightfully so. But he said, <clears throat> you know. I'm going to be hard on you and I'm going to be your father until you're 25. And when you, when you turn 25, I hope I was a good enough father that when you turn 25, that I become your friend. Yeah. And I just like, that's always stuck with me. Good stuff. Yeah. That is no, good it's, stuff. it's a real thing. It's funny when that happens, right? When it's not, it's like less, it's not discipline. It's kind of like, all right, you're the person who you're going to be. Now it's time to be friends yep. or not be friends. And yep, you can 100%. kind of feel the transition. I think the transition one is like you're off to college. Yeah. But you, you, whenever you still come home, you still like you're under their roof, like a thousand percent. And then it's like you get your first job. And then like for me, it was like I, I, I haven't lived at home since I was 18. So like once I was kind of away, whenever mom and dad come and visit me, it, it there's you know there's no parenting necessarily. It's we're we're hanging out, we're enjoying our time. Yeah. And so it's mutual. It, 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 it it changes too whenever like it's my, my siblings and I like get together or whatever. It's not like oh just inviting the siblings. It's like the parents too. Like we're going to a concert. Do you guys want to go? Stuff like that. So good pick. Good Great pick. pick. Thank you. Thank you. Um, sec uh, second first of the second round. Uh, piggybacking off of going to bed early is I like waking up early much more as I get older. Uh, I feel like. I don't lose the day. In Chicago, you don't lose all the sun. Um, you, you you get your day started to be productive. Um, there are a lot of good things that go with uh, waking up early. Yep, that's a good pick. That was on my list as well. So I'm not quite there yet because I have a pretty set routine, but I also don't have as many things that bog me down during the week, like work. You know, I, I wake up, I wake up, I go practice, I, I do my, you know, do everything that's with soccer. I do a few errands 
and and then I'm done. So I don't have to like wake up and get a head start, like open up my computer really early in the morning. So I'm not quite there yet. I still question for you. If you have nothing the next day, do you still enjoy waking up early or do oh, you yeah. there so there you go. That applies yeah. perfect to you then. Yeah. No, I there is an aspect of like you gotta get certain things done on the weekend that you can't do during the week, but there's another part that's just like I don't wanna wake up at like ten o'clock and the the day be gone. You know. I like getting up I'd rather get up at like huh? Ten's a bit late. <laughs> ten, yeah, well I, I like getting up like typically for work or whatever. If I'm out of bed by like six forty-five, but on the weekend I still like getting out of bed at like seven fifteen, seven. Yeah, that place because that's probably roughly when I get up as well. But I'm thinking about it, like waking up for school at like seven was mm-hmm. brutal. Mm-hmm. Brutal. It was brutal. For some reason, it was, it's totally different, right? <laughs> yeah. So now that I, you've put that into perspective, I because now seven fifteen is like considered normal. I was like, oh, that feels good. Like I'm ready. You know. Yeah. Good pick. Good pick. I like that I had to talk myself around that to get back to the point. I was like, wait a second. I hated it at the same time that I did, you know, 15 years ago. All right, so I'm up. I got a couple that have been knocked off my list. I... I'm going to... I don't... I I feel like I'm reaching here a little bit, but I'm going to go with home decor slash like your appliances like in your house like things that you can decorate your house make it your own things that you would never notice as a kid or don't care as a kid but things that you really appreciate like when you get you know for example we're we we're getting married we have a registry up we've gotten some things that are just awesome like uh we just got our first air fryer and everybody has an air fryer but like we could we we fried some stuff up last night and it was amazing like really nice home decor slash appliances i love these days yep <clears throat> that was on my list as well good pick it's funny. i don't have a house yet so i actually don't appreciate that one you will <clears throat> all right so i don't think i'm reaching here i'm pretty happy this fell to me but <clears throat> as one of you lives in the city this probably wouldn't be on your list and that's yard work uh, I would have. It was going to be on my list, actually. <laughs> or any like any sort of pseudo home improvement job um, that you do yourself or with with help from a friend or a dad or whatever. Because you know, as a kid, you do yard work and so forth because it's a chore, and someone tells you to do it. But as you get older, it gets better because it's yours, and you see, you know, how much better your yard looks or how much better <clears throat> a certain room looks because you put in some sweat equity into it and so forth great yeah that's that kind of goes a little bit of the reason why i like like home decor and appliances because it is yours and you're proud of it and you don't you know you want things to be nice you don't want you don't want shitty things you don't want a shitty yard you want you want to be (laughs) proud of 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 what's yours Uh, my next pick here is friendships thinking uh friendships get better as you get older um you know, you get high school, college, you have tons of friends. Your social network is, is vast and large. As you get older, that slowly dwindles, um, but your friendships get better. They get stronger. <clears throat> One, because you, you don't have as many, so you can, you're able to put more time into them, and you also kind of go through life experiences together, so you have more to, to kind of go through together. So friendships is my third pick. I like that one. 
It's a good pick. That's you're really tugging at the heartstrings. There. I know. Friendships, friendships definitely get stronger, and they become they they're much fewer, at least in my experience. Maybe I just don't have that many friends. But I feel like you, you lose friends, but they're they they become much more meaningful. I agree with that. All right, my third pick. I'm going to go with naps. <laughs> Nap time. You got two sleeping ones. I know. That's terrible, <laughs> actually. That's really bad. That's not how I want to diversify things. Oh, no. Shoot. The youngest on the pod giving the picks is having the worst draft, I think, so far. <laughs> Naps, though, I just, as kids, you, you, you don't want to nap. You want to go out and play. You want to be busy. There's nothing better than mastering the nap as well sitting on the couch and you fall asleep for 20 minutes and you wake up and you're like, perfect. Now I can finish the rest of my day. I'm energized. You guys might not be experiencing that as much with your nine to five jobs. <laughs> I have time for naps and I utilize them and they are a fantastic part of my day. If I could take naps, I would, I would, uh, I, that would be on my list cause I miss those tremendously. <laughs> A little less of reach. Bad pick. I'll uh, I'll end the third round uh, with um, coffee. I never I never drank coffee growing up. I didn't think it tasted good. And and when I did drink it, I drink it with you know it was it was a distortion of coffee was how much cream and sugar I'd put into it. But it now, yeah. But now it's uh it's black, and I have. Uh, preferences for types of coffee that I'll drink. Big cold brew guy now, actually. But what's your go-to? Uh, what's your go-to order? Just black iced coffee, regardless of time of year. You don't. You don't even transition to a warm cup of coffee, hot cup of coffee during the winter. I will more, but like the best coffee I have is I stop by either Dunk. I mean, it's not the best like brand of coffee, but the best like experience of coffee is. Stop by Dunkin' or Starbucks on the way in the city on the way out for a morning golf round. Drink a drink a ice ice coffee. You the get way. the the putting jitters with too much coffee, like standing Dude, over I, the putt. And you're, my, you're... my my jitters are so bad on the first tee because most of the places <laughs> I go, like we get there at like seven, so we don't like warm up at all. So it's like first swing is on the tee box, full of coffee, full of coffee, just like amped. Sometimes I'll get on like the first like the first hole green, and I like I'm like all right, this is a seven putt because my hands are shaking and <laughs> good pick. That's on my list. On my list. Um, and then I and then I was trying to think, what are things that I just like really didn't like as a kid that, as I've gotten older, I've liked and I see myself liking more. And it it may be like a controversial pick, but I uh, I enjoy watching and like reading the news which is something that I just did not care about at all. Like even through college, I didn't pay attention. But now ever since I started working, like the news has seemed somewhat more relevant. Um, so I'll end my draft with, with the news. That's a decent pick. I think Mart, like in terms of how much I hated it as a kid versus where I'm at now, it's a big jump. I still struggle a little bit with the news for various reasons that I, I won't get into, but I, I can sit through the news and be entertained. 
for you know. I'm not saying you, like it all has to be consumed through like Fox, CNN, for sure. MSNBC. Even like I'm your local like, news, or just like reading the news, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, would, I wasn't it, trying you know, to... Getting information about what's going on in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't mind that don't one. Don't pigeonhole my pick. I wasn't. I'm just <clears> saying, <throat> yeah, I wasn't. So, my last pick, and I'm going to stick with the beverages pick, I'm going to go with wine. Mm. Wine is... <laughs> Mike. It's... Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's that one that one got him. <laughs> really good as you get older. And I feel like wine was a thing that... <laughs> you you kind of it really all alcohol i mean yeah but alcohol like, was on my when, list even when you turn 21 you don't drink wine you drink beer you drink hard liquor and then really you, you feel like you become a seasoned vet of of drinking <laughs> when you when you move to to wine specifically red wine i like it i don't love this pick guys so <clears throat> that's why i hate being first all my picks are gone, so I'm just I'm thinking quick here. <clears throat> my last pick is going to be understanding like what what has gotten better with age, and that's understanding weather patterns. <laughs> what is that? Knowing mean? it means knowing like when a good rainfall is coming because you, <laughs> you're up you're up to date on on the the weather forecast, so you can lay some fertilizer down, or you know your your flowers your your Landscape, your grass needs a good a good uh, dousing of rain. Knowing when it's going to get system. cold, so knowing when it's going to get cold, so you can unhook your hoses, so you don't have any freezing in your pipes. <laughs> you know, knowing when it's going to be super hot, so you know the AC is going to have to go up and your your electric bill is going to go up. Um, being able to understand when significant weather is going to come in, so you can prep your family, prep you, prep your house, and so forth. Uh, I feel like that's gotten much better. That's time. an awesome. Hate pick. the, hate the pick, off the cuff. Was out of picks. Uh, Have a, but, but I'm kind of talking look, myself into that pick. Actually, it's gonna look so funny on the graphic. <laughs> I don't know. It's like meteorology. Under, <laughs> understanding weather patterns. <laughs> oh gosh! All right. Well, I, I'm not gonna add anything to that. You know, uh, you you had a good. If you, that's gonna be one where. Yet you have to listen to fully understand it. <laughs> the graphic is going to be a tough first one. Ninety minutes. Yep. All right. Honorable mention. So Mike, you didn't have any. It seemed like I've got some honorable mentions like that are just terrible. But I'll. I'll, I'll I have some. T- I have mentioned. one too, or two maybe. Let's wrap them off. Around like a lot of mine were around being alone. So like reading a good book. <laughs> reading know, a like, book is a good one. Like reading a book, I, you, you know, you hated reading books as a kid. They get better with time. Listening to a good podcast, um, music your parents liked. So when you're younger, you're, the, 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 the genre your parents liked, you're like, this is terrible music. I want to listen to the hip stuff. But as you get older, you appreciate the music that they enjoyed when they, when they were younger. I like that. Um, <clears throat> my understanding of airport navigation. <laughs> being able, when, when I need to arrive to a flight, you know where the restrooms are. When do I need to take my my pre-flight uh, <laughs> shit two. or pre-flight pee? Mike, do um, you where uh, coffee shops are? Do you do you follow? Do you have Instagram? I do. Do you follow Front Porch Dad? No, I need to follow this. Oh guy, my actually. gosh, this is like I think it's the funniest Instagram account I've seen, and I I, I won't do it justice to try and explain it, but he he just uh just he like reenacts 
things like for example the, like talking about weather weather coming in is like one of his top topics <clears throat> i know what i'm going to be doing after the podcast yeah, tonight it's so good it's so it reminds me of everything you're yeah. saying i love it that's all i got uh my two honorable mentions uh were crossword puzzles yeah um and then more generally hobbies i feel like as a kid you do a lot of things but when you get older you just kind of work and go home and it's it's i i like the hobbies like doing this much more yeah that's <clears throat> that is very broad but i i i i the weird, i know exactly what you're talking about though like you, you like what you like, and you stick to what you like almost yeah. as you get older. You just like it's very easy to just be the like like everyone else, like just work and go home and work and you know go home and and watch football on the weekends. But it's kind of nice to do like different things here and there. For sure, I just had I had three more, a couple of we like crossing off to dos on a list, like just like getting getting stuff done. You hated chores as you were younger. It feels good when you get older. Cleaning the house, we kind of talked about sweat equity. And then the last one I had was staying in during the weekends. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. That's it's like so staying nice. in. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good pick. Everybody loved going out. When you get older, there's nothing better than watching a nice movie, making making a dinner, or even like going out to dinner, but then coming home right after dinner. Yeah. Yep. We do that all, Aaron and I do that all the time Friday night. Watch yeah. like a few episodes of whatever TV show we're watching. Yep. Yeah. That's a good pick. All right, well, that's our snake draft. We will upload it on Twitter, on Instagram. Please vote. We will have the results for next week's episode. Mike, that was a lot of your time. We appreciate it. Thank you for the football talk. Thank you for the family talk. Thank you for, you know, being being a loyal guest to the number one sports betting podcast in Luke and I's household. Yeah, we may not have uh, fulfilled your number one pick in your draft. You could have used this hour and a half for alone time, but hopefully we crossed check number three in, in terms of friendship. So. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well done, boys. <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun. Luke, best of luck these next coming weeks. Thank you. And uh, we'll see the both of you soon uh, here shortly in, uh, in Kiowa. That's Sounds right. good. Thank you all. Bye.